0: This This is the Digital Digital Dish. Dish. This podcast is hosted by Julia Frazier and Michael Vick, two veteran digital learning facilitators.
1: Listen to us unpack digital trends, dissect favorite tools, and ponder over new ideas and their impact in today's classroom. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information.
0: Stay tuned for the bantering, the debating, and the discovering of new technology in your classroom and beyond. What's up, Pod World? Michael Vick here with...
1: Julia Frazier,
0: how's it going everybody?
1: Welcome back to The The Digital Digital Dish. Dish. We hope that you all enjoyed your summer. We're getting back to school things. We are especially excited to be here because any of our longtime listeners well will know that I Both of end- you. <laughs> Both of you. Remember, we, we got three last time. We yes. I was able to name off three. Mm-hmm. We left it up in the air whether or not we were going to come back yeah. at the end of last but year.
0: But we really wanted to. I think, I think we were going to... We were 90%. Yeah. We were right there.
1: We were, we were really going to try to come yeah. back if we could. And guess what? We're here. We're back. We're going to be talking a little bit about how we're kind of rebranding. Michael's got some exciting news about his new role. But basically, prior to this, we were an LISD-specific, a Louisville Independent School District-specific podcast. But with me staying in Louisville ISD and Michael taking on his new challenge at...
0: I'm in Frisco ISD now.
1: One of our neighboring school districts. Mm-hmm. We are going to widen this. No, up. Louisville
0: is one of our neighboring oh, school districts. Last,
1: nope, Louisville first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we decided we were going to to rebrand the podcast as opposed to just LISD specific, a digital learning podcast yeah. for for anybody. Which to listen really, to. I mean,
0: I think rebranding in general to that it fits a bigger audience, and I I kind of like that idea. Anyway, but, I think yeah. I think we may have gone that way if I even if I stayed in Louisville. So. It was a possibility.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be bringing two different perspectives to you guys from two different school districts. Of course, I will always have the elementary perspective.
0: And uh, yeah, and I'll have the secondary perspective. And actually, my new job this year, I have a middle school and I have a career center. That's so super it's all high nice. all high school at the yeah. career center and an upper high school. And so already, it's a very different perspective. I've been in, I've been at this for two weeks and a day, two weeks and two weeks and two days. <laughs> Ooh. Two weeks. It's August 12th today. Recording. Dang, I should never say the date out loud because then everybody knows how long it takes me to edit.
1: It's okay. It is August 12th. I'm gonna even like make it more obvious what the date is so you can't edit it out. Tomorrow is the first day of school for Louisville students. So.
0: Oh yeah, our first day of school in Frisco is Thursday.
1: So we, I am, I am here prepping, prepping this because we are recording in the evening, which is different yeah, for us. That's and weird. weird because we're not recording it obviously at our campuses because we don't work at the same place anymore yeah, yeah. so um, we might try to figure out how to how to do some Skype calls in the future but right now we're I've been
0: thinking it over
1: face you've been thinking it he's thinking been thinking it over more than me I'm just like whatever you tell me what to do I we'll
0: use like a different audio <laughs> input but I just got to figure out how to do both and yeah um, Yeah, maybe get some support on that too. Yeah.
1: So we're, you know, we're doing, we're doing, uh, what is it, Trial by Fire right now? We're just figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But it is very important to us that we continue this podcast forever.
1: And we both, (laughs) (laughs) forever. We both passionately believe in it. And we were both really sad at the prospect of not coming back. So we had to. Mm -hmm. We had to. So I'm going to let. Michael kick it off a little bit more um, I'm sorry I'm gonna let Michael kick it off by telling us a little bit more about what he's doing now yeah
0: so um my, my middle I did not know this was happening when I interviewed and got hired but my middle school has hired a guest speaker for tomorrow <gasps> Ooh. From, I know like the biggest guest speaker you could think of so Matt Miller <gasps> Yay! from Google teacher tribe is coming to talk to that my middle like not like the district not like as a keynote, but like my specific 80, 90-person staff middle school.
1: Are you going to fanboy out and of him? And
0: I'm extremely nervous. And yes, I am fanboying out. I'm yes, I am excited for him
1: and really jealous because Matt Miller is in like the top five ed tech people yeah. in the country.
0: I sent an email to my whole staff because you know, like we're in the digital world. This is our thing, Right. I sent an email to my staff and like, I kept on typing something and I'm deleting, deleting, cause I'm like, that just sounds ridiculous. That sounds way too exciting. <laughs> and so I eventually came out with something just like, you know, Matt Miller is one of the digital learning leaders in the country and we're I'm really excited to have him and I can't wait and you guys don't know him, but he's the author of many books, host of my favorite podcast, Google Teacher Tribe. It's actually my like fourth favorite podcast. <laughs> Because the top three are taken up with Fantasy Football Podcast. Fantasy pod, Football Podcast. Yeah, and which is coming up. So if anybody wants to just talk about Fantasy Football. Uh, excuse
1: me. And our podcast. Okay.
0: I can. Okay. <laughs> we're still going to bring it in. So like in a minute when we start listing like things that are cool about the beginning of the school year, we're going to rank them.
1: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Like if,
0: like, yeah, like a Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs>
1: coming in. Uh, I don't even know how Fantasy Football podcasts <laughs> hey, work.
0: You know, you laugh at mine. What's your favorite kind of podcast, Julia?
1: True crime. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. about true crime because...
0: Constant... Because she likes to keep her husband in constant concern. <laughs> no,
1: I like to be in a state of What's up, Sean? Constant... Sean's in my fantasy league, too. Just oh, thought everybody is. should know. Yep, he is. Okay, go ahead. I'll my husband. I like to be in a state of constant vigilance. So I like to like know what's going to happen so I can be always aware of what might happen. Got it. I also, of course, then listen to a lot of ed tech podcasts. Yeah. So. yeah,
0: me too. So, two days ago, I was signing up for benefits. Did your listening to podcasts make you sign up for more life insurance?
1: <laughs> no, I, <sighs> I kept it at the same amount. Okay. I kept it at the same amount. No additional life insurance for me. Okay, good. Good. But I did take out an extra policy on my husband.
0: Oh, right. No, <laughs>
1: That's
0: just a good call. <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding. Um, that's like a, that's like clue number one, according to the mm-hmm. true crime podcast that Is I it? listen to. Yeah, it's not a gra- oh. it's not a great thing. All right. Hey so, Julia, what'd you do this summer? So this summer we did. A- a lot of things around town but we went to colorado springs Ooh. and had a lot of fun we drove up there because we wanted to have the car we did a lot of hiking and outdoor things did you take
0: your subaru forester def- that is definitely a colorado it hiking vehicle for sure it- we both drive foresters i think we've mentioned that yeah
1: it served us very well especially when we were driving up and down pike's peak which is a giant mountain yeah. in colorado but i did have a very harrowing experience, whitewater rafting. We were in a very dangerous rapid, like one that was so dangerous that prior, like a week prior, they were taking people out of the river and driving around it and then putting them back in the river because the water level was really high. And it was
0: just you and Sean? Me,
1: Sean, another couple, and our whitewater rafting guide.
0: So... I don't imagine you and Sean are very good at this.
1: Okay. Tell me
0: about the other couple.
1: (laughs) Listen, I actually grew up whitewater rafting. I've gone whitewater rafting like, yeah, like probably 10 times. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: So you knew what you were doing. I knew what I was doing for the most
1: part. And Sean had done it a couple of times. The couple that were with us actually, this was their first time doing whitewater rafting. (laughs) And we were in the middle of this dangerous rapid. The water was really high. It was the Arkansas River. They had just had like a big snowfall in June. And the raft tipped.
0: Oh, snap.
1: Yeah, it was really scary. We all fell out. Um, Sean came up under the raft. I was like being strangled by my life jacket. Um, so, yeah.
0: But are there like lots of rocks and stuff you have yes, to
1: avoid? Lots of rocks. I, every time I got up to breathe, I got pushed back down under. So this was
0: like a serious it issue. It was a serious
1: thing that we both wow. got pulled into boats. It was very crazy. I'm glad
0: you're here with us today.
1: <sighs> yes, it was very harrowing, like I said. But you know what, Michael? What? We're not going to let our podcast listeners drown like I nearly oh, did that was good. on the Arkansas River. That was river. good. Because we are going to come at them with some beginning-of-the-year tips to All get right. your year started off right with digital learning.
0: Yeah, so since Matt Miller is talking at my school tomorrow, uh-huh. I was like, hey, I wonder if he has any blogs about like first-year stuff happening. And sure enough, he has 25 beginning-of-the-year activities you can use right away.
1: What? amazing
0: Mm -hmm. it is and so we went through the list and we picked some and then we came up with some some of our own and we're going to talk about some, although I'm looking at our list and Julia's is longer than mine. so I, I
1: can be real quick. <laughs> maybe
0: I can come up with stuff on the fly.
1: I, can, I feel very passionately about some things you need to do at the beginning of the school year. <laughs> okay, well, why don't
0: you begin? Okay. That way we'll switch off and then end Perfect. up somewhere near the same place.
1: <laughs> I would not be an educator of children under Perfect. the age of 13 if I didn't make sure that everybody was getting the proper permission from parents before their students used any digital device so even if the um, the device is marketed to children you always need to make sure that you check the terms of service and get that parent permission when required in our school district even if the school is able to um, take proxy of the parent we make sure that the parents sign the permission form because in the end it should be the parent's decision whether or not their kids are putting their data out on the internet.
0: As a, as a parent of a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, I would like to know. I mean, of course, I give them permission because I know it's all for educational reasons, but I still would like to know. Absolutely.
1: Right? And I think that if I were in the same case, I would want to, I would want to know as well. So um, just check the terms of service. Make sure you're getting that parent permission. Um, Another thing that kind of relates to that is make sure that your students have permission. You have the student or the parent's permission to use their photo before you're posted on the Internet. So no Twitter pics or Facebook group pics or even pictures in Google Classroom or Seesaw or anything like that until you know that their photo release has been signed. And
0: I think it's also important to have that conversation with your students taking pictures of other students. You know, Absolutely. You can get in big time trouble taking a picture without permission of another student. And then also, students taking pictures of teachers. I mean, that's that becomes some serious criminal activity.
1: It does. Real and fast. I think and they that, think it's funny, and it's yeah, not. It's not. Um, I just want something I suggest as early as pre-kindergarten, you start teaching the kids when it's okay to not take pictures. Yeah. Or when it is okay. I'm sorry. When it's okay to take pictures versus when you should not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that one. That one's good. Good. That's important. And there, I mean, every district is different, and so there are some things that are already in place. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're just clued in or you know who to ask or ask your, like, team lead or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. To find out what the deal is. Okay. So one thing I saw, I don't remember what number it was. It was near the top, was <laughs> I really like this idea of a hyperdoc to start things off in the beginning of the year.
1: Ooh, what does that mean?
0: Well, you know what happens, right? You, you think back to you know your Bueller days, and it's like the teacher's in front, calling everybody's name, and then <laughs> they talk about the syllabus, which the kids listen to seven times already.
1: Right, And it's right. so boring,
0: and then you have a whole bunch of syllabi on the floor at the end of the day. <laughs> and it's Not like,
1: your precious syllabi post printed on beautiful no. white paper.
0: No. <laughs> so I got to, I got to, before I talk about what a hyperdoc is, I got to tell you what I did. So when I, when I was in my class, of course, you know, I started off the same. Here's my paper syllabus because, you know, I'm scared out of my mind because I'm a first year teacher. Right? right. But a couple of years in, I, instead of like doing this paper syllabus that nobody ever looked at or paid attention to, I, uh, I made a video
1: Ooh. and it's just
0: literally a video of me drinking a cup of coffee, telling the kids things. And then having like some things fly in, it's like I bet you know, they
1: loved that. Major
0: grade sixty percent, minor grade forty percent, and stuff like that. Oh, I
1: like bet that. they love that. Yeah, it, I'm sure it broke up the monotony of a paper syllabi. Exactly,
0: and I enjoy making movies, so I also got to enjoy that.
1: You enjoy making movies? Never. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So <laughs> a hi- so a hyperdoc. I think um, he has this idea of a hyperdoc to start it off, and um, what a hyperdoc is is it well, it can be a lot of things, but just imagine like a Google Slides presentation with a bunch of pictures on it, and those pictures are actually links to different things. So you could have like a picture of um, grades, and like they click on that, and then there's a thing that talks about grades, and then you can have another picture where it talks about supplies, and you click there. And so you can you can have a scavenger hunt this sort of way, it's kind of getting cool. into my next question, with my next idea, a topic, um, but, the HyperDocs is just a whole lot more friendly, and you get an idea for kind of how friend, how the experience your kids have with technology, mm-hmm. you know, if they can click on a link, if they know that it's a link, if they know how to get back to the doc, if it's in Google Drive, you can kind of peek over their shoulder and see what's in their Google Drive already, just see what kind of experience they had, have in there, and so just it, kind of some other added, added benefits. And um, I just wanted to add that you can get some really cool icons, free icons, copyright free icons um, from the noun project. There are some really cool, they're called buttons. There's some really cool buttons in a lot of different places. So if you just Google um, buttons or icons for a website and you can bring those pictures in, you can make it look really nice
1: awesome I love that idea
0: you can I mean you can google hyperdoc template too you don't need to start from scratch
1: awesome Anytime any time you can take something from another educator and tweak it to make it your own is a great time saver so mm-hmm. um, something that I think is really important at the beginning of the school year coming from an elementary perspective when I think about school supplies right and the kids have their colorful folders and their colorful spirals and Teacher says, I did this when I was in the classroom. Take out your greens folder. Oh, I bet you the... were the
0: worst. <laughs> I bet you didn't even call it green. Take out your hex number 6944D7 <laughs> folder.
1: <laughs> you're, you're probably, if I could get that specific, I would have. Of course. But you know, the green folder is the reading folder. I made the green folder the reading folder because green was my favorite color and reading was my favorite subject. I even subliminally. Did that. You should have made it red because it
0: starts with an R and that's easy to remember. No. Red reading.
1: No. And then.
0: What's it called when you have two things that start with the same letter right after each other? Alliteration? Yes. Yeah. Alliteration. Red alliteration. reading. Yeah, you could do some alliteration up in there. And in the there.
1: science folder was always yellow and doing all these things organizing the students' supplies, writing their names on it. Um, and you should really be doing the same thing with your students' Google Drives or whatever medium you use with them. Take time to organize those with them and have them create the folders that you would like for them to create and have them move all their old items into a previous school years folder or you know, a fifth grade folder or a second grade folder and just it doesn't have to be anything or seventh grade folder se- or a ninth yeah, grade folder exactly. I'm
0: just bringing in the secondary perspective there. Thank
1: you, thank you. You're it welcome. doesn't have to be anything too complicated. Um, you don't. It's not like you have to have a folder for every single subject. But take some time to organize things to help you help the students know where to find their items because teaching them how to organize digitally is a skill that still needs to be taught and learned. The kids don't innately have that ability just because they've been on technology their whole lives. Mm -hmm. So taking that time at the beginning of the school year to help them organize and help you organize I think is hugely beneficial.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's even more important. I mean, we're talking about file, even like iPads and iPhones have different file structures Mm -hmm. in them. And I mean, this is a skill that is going to be very, very important for them to be able to just find things. Yes. And make them go through and look for everything that is called untitled. Uh, Oh, my gosh. and
1: delete it or title it or whatever.
0: Agreed. We should see who has more untitled things right now in their Google Drive, me or you.
1: Oh, it's going to be you. Nothing's untitled on my Google Drive. Oh, okay.
0: Well... (laughs) I, I just can tell
1: you that for oh, a un- fact. Although, really,
0: because <laughs> when I switched over from Louisville to Frisco and had to kind of move a bunch of my files and stuff, I went through all of that. Well, so I So I think we might be tied at zero right now. All
1: right, but I can tell you 100% confidence I have nothing untitled okay. in my all draft. Right.
0: Talk about something for a minute. I'm going to search for untitled and see what happens. Okay.
1: While he's looking for that, um, I also think that in the same way that you want to organize the student's digital space – You want to make sure that you help them organize their device space. So keeping up with their devices, knowing where to put their devices.
0: Having a plan for yourself.
1: Yes, having a plan for yourself, knowing are you going to create device anchor charts so that the kids know what to do on certain tools. What's a
0: device anchor chart?
1: So like an anchor chart on how to care for the device or an anchor chart on how we store our devices. Oh. or an anchor chart on how to use a specific tool. Or one of my favorite anchor charts to use is an anchor chart of commonly used symbols so that kids know, like, the, the, the square with the arrow coming out of it oh, is the sharing that's, symbol. That's or good. the microphone always means record, or the play always means play, so that they know, even if it's a new tool, they can kind of find their way around in it.
0: So... An anchor chart. All right. Mm-hmm. So this this is something that the classroom creates mm-hmm. or, and you just kinda guide them to basically mm-hmm. the correct answer or correct ish mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is neat. Yeah. I think this could work at the secondary level too. I
1: think it could especially too. middle
0: school. I mean Yeah,
1: and that that idea actually came from a great book called Amplify. Um, that one the minute we read as an elementary read and this was my first year in this job, so it was five years ago. The minute we all read anchor anchor charts for digital tools, just like you would do for any other content, we were like,
0: Oh, duh. Duh.
1: Like, <laughs> why don't we do that? Yeah. So how many Untitled did you have?
0: Uh, well, six. Six things. <laughs> well, okay. So it actually is even worse than that. Because, uh, like, I searched for it, and I've got four things that are called Untitled, and then two copies of Untitled oh, no. things. So I don't really know. But, you know, sometimes, like, when I get in there, it's a – Show a teacher something. I don't. I don't really mess with the name, and I plan on deleting it later. And then I just don't. You know, it's like I always. I know. Well, I, look at this one. So this untitled form. I need permission. So I shouldn't even have that in there. So that's not even my fault.
1: It, well, it is. Cause no. It's it's
0: drive. Not. No. Well. Okay, whatever. <laughs> what do you
1: want to tell us about next, Michael?
0: Um, oh okay, yeah. So, this is a fun idea. Okay. A Google Drive scavenger hunt.
1: Ooh, I yeah. love scavenger. So, you
0: could even like use this in conjunction with my idea from moments ago with a hyperdoc. Like you could have kind of a hyperdoc with these links to go to things and then like, maybe another row or another area where you have, like, questions that they have to answer about Google Drive, Mm -hmm. and you know, like, how much you're going to use Google Drive and what you're going to use it for, if they're going to be shared folders, if you need to share anyone with a link, if you need to have them get embed codes, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do in Google Drive, maybe, if you're going to use Google Drawings, that's not right away right there to look at. Right. You can even do a scavenger hunt, like, maybe put a, have them put in a screenshot of, them putting google drive on their bookmarks bar you can even do like a scavenger hunt for them to know to log into chrome so that all of their bookmarks and history and all that stuff and extensions will stay with them oh i like that and really i mean you could get beginner medium advanced and you can let the kids choose where they are and this will give you an idea for like how much google drive teaching you're gonna have to do or just technology in general i love it because it doesn't have to just be google drive it could be Chrome too.
1: Yeah, awesome. That's a great idea.
0: Yeah, I like that one.
1: Um, something that I think is a great strategy to use with students, especially in the beginning of the year when you already know or you don't know what tools they know, what they're coming to you with, is to have um to build capacity with a tech ed camp. So allowing oh, that's good. a student or a group of students to take ownership of a specific tool learn all about it and then teach it to the class through a rotation um, model or however you you find it best. But with the technology ed camp, the kids can really take ownership of the tools. You don't become the expert in the room. The kids are the expert in the room so that when they're working on something, they don't always have to come to you for help. They can go to their classmates and their classmates can really take that role of teacher when it comes to their technology tools.
0: So I think you could put everything we said together. Like you could really put like the permission slips and stuff on on the hyperdoc. You can do an anchor chart. Like maybe you could use Mentimeter or something mm-hmm. like that, and have them go or Flipgrid, mm-hmm. and have them kind of get the anchor chart started, and then you yeah. could branch off of that. Maybe the next day or later on in the class. Like I think. Man, we're building a great first couple of days, first week.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And you can
0: call the whole thing, you know, Fraser's Tech Ed Camp. Tech, <laughs> that could be the whole thing. It Could be
1: the whole thing. <laughs> we could just brand it, bundle it, and yeah, brand it. Right.
0: And I, but you know, I also want to address, like, we have a lot of, um, curric- a lot of content teachers listening to this and be like, mm-hmm. that's really, I don't teach a tech apps class, you know, I don't, and so. I think there's there's often like a, a choice that teachers have to make: is if they want to focus on this, versus if they want to go straight into content. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think if you want to make your content more enhanced, then you're, the kids are going to have to learn this technology.
1: And what is more beneficial, like taking the time to teach it and teach it well towards the beginning of the year, or having to stop your instruction so frequently throughout the course of the year because you're having to compensate and teach things along the way. Either way, um, they're getting getting what they need to know, but some of it's just gonna go a little bit more smoothly. If you think about elementary curriculum, so much time is spent setting up beginning of the year routines for reader's workshop and writer's workshop, and this is how we walk in the hallway, and this is how we line up for lunch, and this is how we do this. The same emphasis needs to be put on This is what we do for our technology and for our digital learning in elementary schools.
0: I agree. You know, also, if you think about it from the perspective of being future ready, you know, when we were talking about like what we're going to talk about for this episode, we strongly considered talking about just what it means to be future ready and what you can do. Like this is one of those things Mm -hmm. to help your classroom and help your kids be future ready.
1: Absolutely. Both,
0: both Louisville and Frisco are really big on that.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, so.
0: you, you know, I, was, I remember many times, and I, I've said this before, when I was in my math classroom, I remember making the choices to spend a little bit more time on technology than other math teachers I noticed were doing, just because I felt like this is going to be very important to mm-hmm. them, or at least it's more likely to be more important. It's yeah. more universal, more helpful in a lot of different areas besides just specifically math and so like I made this choice a long time ago it's probably how I ended up in digital learning <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I mean I'm not I still believe in that you know yeah. when, we, when we talked at the end of May and I was going and it looked like I was going to be an online math teacher I knew I was going to have to make those tough choices again and I was ready to, to be even bigger on that the yeah. future ready and so anyway as I,
1: educators we're tasked with educating the whole child not just the t- part of the child that learns math are not just the part of the child that learns spelling or not just the part of the child that learns reading. I
0: mean, we're, we're lucky that we're, yeah. in a, we're in a couple of districts that really care about this. There are a lot of smaller districts in, in Texas, in the country, in the world that don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're lucky that we do have the opportunity to teach these things to help them be more future ready. Yeah. Not everybody gets that.
1: Yes, we're, we are very fortunate.
0: Did you have any other anything else to be, or are we good? Are we we, we already got everybody through the first week of school? Yeah, I think you're we welcome.
1: Got, we we got everybody <laughs> through the first week of school. We put out a lot of ideas, and we don't want to drone on and on and on for this right. first podcast. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys have a great start of the school year. I love the start of a school year and so full of new ideas and ready to start things fresh. And ugh, it know. just gives me the the warm tinglys inside. I'm such a weirdo. <laughs>
0: You no, know, I'm. You know, I'm, I miss like seeing my kids for the first time and having them walk in and seeing a different sort of math classroom yeah. and a different. I miss that so much.
1: Yes. Yeah, so from Vic and I for sure, happy first day of school, mm-hmm. and may all your teacher dreams come true. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah. See you later, guys. Bye.
1: Bye.